again, it's like you have to put your ego to the side and you have to put, again, this work, you know, we forget sometimes it is self-serving and, and it is self-sacrificing at the same time. And I have to remember, you know, to really move my gifts forward and really be of service to the world. Sometimes it has to not be about me, so to speak, and, and put my own needs to the side and really show up for where I can lend a hand, where I can help. Welcome to the Sovereign Society Podcast, a sacred lifestyle sanctuary empowering you to honor the journey, trust the process, and radiate your radness. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, soulful business mentor, kundalini yoga teacher, and modern medicine priestess who's on a mission to anchor heaven on earth in this golden era. Join me every week as I'll be sharing with you real talk conversations with some of my favorite sacred disruptors, modern mystics, and soulpreneurs. We are a collective of conscious creators who understand that life is happening for us, not to us. As our contribution to the evolution of humanity, we are honored to share with you all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to activate your legacy. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the Sovereign Society podcast. Prepare yourself because the journey to reclaim your power awaits. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and let me just say how stoked I am to be sharing with you this conversation because this has been years in the making. I was supposed to have this conversation with Danielle Mercurio back in 2017, and I was like on the verge of like losing my shit <laughs> and I I called her and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't hold that space and it was just so, yeah, I just had to be with myself and it was just a perfect example of seeing how we have to really just honor the divine plan and to trust our intuition and to just understand that it's all happening according to flow it's all good it's all happening as it should because this conversation I don't think I would have been able to have had it you know back when we were supposed to have this conversation because we all evolve and who knows the topics I may have talked about then I don't know if I would have talked about now because right now I've just been really fired up and fueled by spiritual teachers who I just feel are just real and my guest today is Danielle Mercurio and she is living proof of that she's so genuine and so rad in this conversation like you're essentially hanging out in circle with us like you're gonna feel like you were you were hanging out in this talk because it's just so authentic and real so I just really appreciate this woman and what's great about her is she's just listening to the guidance right now and sharing her medicine in such a beautiful way through comedy through genuine truth and kundalini yoga and astrology so essentially like you know she speaks my language and the biggest thing from all of this is just seeing how this sector and spirituality itself is shifting we're living in new times we're in this golden era we're in the aquarian age the old systems don't work anymore because we're all evolving and there's more and more people being touched and diving into this work that we're creating this symbiotic relationship and we're really starting to make great change in the world so i just want you to stop right now Take a deep breath and give yourself a pat on the back for doing a great fucking job. You're doing it. So I just want you to really understand that you are here 
to be of service. You are here to really show the world what you're made of, to align to your highest self, to do great change and to implement great change in the world by doing your work first, like taking care of you, investing in yourself and your well-being and your evolution, really clearing out that outdated programming and seeing and honoring yourself as that top priority because we have this opportunity to really transform this lack mentality that we've endured in scarcity you know for generations so ancestral I mean we're we're healing through collective energies that have been lingering on that are just so dense and icky and we're just so over it so this is why I feel like we're seeing this rise of spirituality and consciousness and compassion and community. I mean, granted, the Aquarian age is a more of a time of community and connection. And we're going to be talking a lot more about astrology in this episode and this year and the years to come. But there's there's shifts happening. So just allow yourself to take time for you, understand your rhythm, your flow and what it takes for you to feel solid in yourself, like fill up your cup. I mean, this is a huge part of the work that I've been doing in Thrive and I have applications open right now because, you know, I want to see people build the business in life that just feels in alignment and feels expansive and feels good and it's layers, right? We have to do the internal work. We have to love and embrace who we are first. We have to set our systems. We have to understand how we work with the energy and then from there we can really build the life that we want not some conditioning of others or other people's flow it's like staying true to you and so I appreciate my sister Danielle for being one of those people who are just living proof of that and if you don't know who Danielle Mercurio is get up out of your rock under your rock Patrick Starr But she's a confidence coach and a speaker and she's this meditation teacher and astrologist and she's really here to help empower people to be successful, intentional, and to really build a life on purpose. And so she's great. She's she's very genuine. You'll hear in this conversation of just what it means to be living a life with integrity. And so she has a stand-up show that she's been doing, a comedy show called does this make me look spiritual and I just really appreciate keeping it so lighthearted in a world where we feel so over masculinized in terms of structure and how things have to be and just allow yourself to enjoy life so uh, she also has her podcast curiously confident so she's doing it she's got all the things and she's in Philadelphia really sharing the message right now and uh, what's really great is she's offered her notorious astrology planner Um, she's offering it for free for anyone who's part of the Sovereign Society podcast family and all you have to do is check out the link in the show notes and use the code sovereign to receive it for free so it's a great way for you to start planning your business and going from there but I'm really excited for you to be tuning in and to listen and to really feel activated from this conversation because we just keep it real here and we keep it authentic and this woman is the epitome of that so I'm so excited for you to dive in to really feel into this and to expand with us because this episode is all about up leveling and embracing the age of you and shout out to my girl Danielle Mercurio for keeping it real and 
you're going to love this episode. So get yourself ready to get your notepad ready because there's a lot of notes and insights that we have for you about this year astrologically and beyond. And we're just pumped to be sharing with you our medicine and, and our truth. So as we go in episode 76, up-leveling and embracing the age of you with Danielle Mercurio. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this exciting episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. Okay, so you guys have no idea, but I've been waiting two and a half years to have this conversation because we actually were planning on doing this conversation a couple years ago, and I was like having a fucking meltdown. Like, I was like calling her. I've got Danielle Mercurio with me today, and I called her, and I was like, girl, like I cannot hold container right now. Like I'm going through some shit right now. And so there's this thing called divine timing. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's kind of like this like concept where things flow as they should. And this concept of Yogi Bhajan called patience pays and how everything unfolds as it should. So it's no accident that I'm having this conversation on the first day of the Lunar New Year. And when she like set up her time, I was like, of course she would. So I'm so grateful you're here, sister. And so lovely to have you here. And I'm just really excited to dive in with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here too. It it's really wild that that was over two years ago yeah. that we had thought. And it's so funny. I was in Redondo Beach at the time. I was in California. And now mm-hmm. I'm in Philadelphia, which I did not anticipate at that yeah. time. You know, would, but um, I would love to talk about that. Like, cause I know you moved to California and then you moved to mm-hmm. Philly. So what was like I think a lot of people, they think that like, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. But then there comes this time where like spirits like, "Mm, I have other plans for you and it's okay. You know, it's just part of trusting that process. I would love to hear what was like, okay, I'm being called to go to Philly. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I grew up on the West coast till age seven and then life took me to the East coast and I've kind of been more of an East coast persona, so to speak. I have kind of that bold louder persona, if you you will. Um, So East Coast has always kind of vibed with me. Um, I grew up on the East Coast, went to Philly for college, stayed for a little bit, life took me to New York. And then it kind of felt like the next right thing to do once I became self-employed doing this work was to go to California, right? Like that's what you do. That's the California get dream. Yeah, yeah, it's what you do, and um, get me out of winter, right? And 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 the cold. And why should I be here if I don't have to be here? And honestly, New York, I always knew from the get go, New York was meant to be temporary. Like I was there for four years. I feel like I went for like grad school or something. You know, it was like New York taught me so much that I never would have learned anywhere else just from living in New York. Um, from the perspective of just you know, people, it's really true. When you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can live in New York, you can travel anywhere, you can do anything. Um, It just, it it gives you that kind of uh, sense of knowing that you can't get anywhere else. And then I also had exposure to so many spiritual teachers and uh, methodologies. And I got my Kundalini teacher training there. I connected with Gabby Bernstein there, right? There were so many things that never would have happened if I didn't live in New York, but I always knew from the get-go, like, this is going to be temporary. So then when it came time to leave New York, I was like, yeah, California makes sense. Went out to California, of course, love the lifestyle. Uh, how can you not, right? I mean, luckily today in Philadelphia, for some reason, it's 65 degrees and sunny. I was just sunning on my deck before. We have snow today in Joshua Tree. Okay, so we switch. <laughs> we switch. I, I will take it. I will take it. That's hilarious. We totally Thanks. switch. We totally switch. Yeah, I was literally just up on my roof deck uh, before this call. I'm like, just 
<laughs> give me everything <laughs> you vitamin can right D. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if I look a little red, that's why it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, the lifestyle, all the things, again, I got to meet really amazing people, community, whatnot, but it didn't feel like I was getting what I needed out of California outside of a really cool lifestyle. But like, as far as my work, as far as like, uh, even friendships and, and dating, it, it just their chemistry wasn't there. And um, I, I kept trying to fight and I kept trying to make it work, but the more I did, the more isolated I actually felt. So I was actually really isolated in Southern California while I was there and I was there almost two years. Um, and I kept giving it my all, but eventually it gets to a point where it's just like, like you just can't anymore. You like, you just literally have to follow your intuition and be like, I'm not meant to be here as much as I want to, as much as it quote unquote makes sense to be here. And like, why, you know, why would I leave a beautiful location to come somewhere that's a little bit more gritty? And, um, if I could live anywhere in the world again, why would I like choose to, to come to Philadelphia? And so kind of what happened was, through a series of like weird events that happened in California that kept being like, Danielle, we don't want you here. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of, it was time to renew my lease and I was really deciding if it made sense to stay or not. And I was looking at my calendar and like everything just had me keep flying back to the East coast. And I just kind of like heard in a meditation be like, and it, it literally said, Danielle, Philly is ready. It needs you. And I was like, okay, I guess like, I was like, I, that wasn't really part of my plans, but let me see. And I, I started to kind of, you know, look up what cost of living is and look at like what kind of spiritual community was here and wellness community. And I saw, of course, the cost of living is actually pretty good over here. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I was seeing that Philly really was ready. There's, you know, the, it, it's so ripe when it comes to the wellness community and people are really curious and they're hungry for it. And it's still, everything's very new. People are open to collaborating. Um, like tonight I'm teaching at a studio that just opened like six months ago. It's a meditation studio. And I'm so excited. And they just like welcomed me in. They're like, Oh my goodness. Like, yes. Like we would love for you to do an event here. And it was, everything's just really easy. And I feel like I'm really able to serve people that are just so new to this craft and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I try to I try to educate people with that because they're like, oh my god, like I have to go to California. I had to be in New York to do this work, but it's like middle America really needs this, yeah. right? And so that's why I think there's such a blessing right now that we have like the ability to hold space for online containers. Yes, that like people from areas that may not have those, um, you know, the opportunities of in person. At least you can create community online and you can have that space and instead of like being and navigating through like the hustle of california or new york you literally have your own road that you get to pave and you can pioneer yes your own methodologies your own being you can cultivate your own community and you can really have this opportunity to really rise up as the leader of your yeah. community in a space that like is yearning for you and it feels really good and it really helps with your confidence. It really helps you feel needed. Because again, when you're in an environment that's very saturated, it's great when you're the student, but when you're ready to be the teacher, it can really wear at your self-esteem and your ability to really show up right. and, and find your people, so to speak. Yeah. I remember when I first started my business, I was feeling that a lot in San Diego. Like mm -hmm. I was still navigating through a lot of health issues and like mindset after like my nervous system, after like my lightning accident. And it was just like really hard for me to like, like pave through or cut through because I also had to do a little more of the internal work where I couldn't have like the overstimulation around me as right. well. 
Cause that can happen too. And then the comparison, you know, and that paralysis that can happen. And I think in a world of social media too, we think this is what it's supposed to look like. And then we actually give away our power from that rather than like working on building that relationship with our own intuition, what feels right, what's resonating and kind of navigating through that rather than being like, well, this is how it's always been done. So I have to keep following the path because you're just become a sheep. You do. And they're not your ideas anymore. You lose your uniqueness. You lose the the value that you have to offer the world because you're following a track that you don't really need to be on. Yes. And I also think it's different too, is when you go into these other environments and you start to really work with the people around you, there's such a great inspiration of what's actually needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I have such a, I, I just feel, I have such a better sense of understanding and uncovering what people need in the world right now more so than mm-hmm. being around so many like-minded peers, right? As much as it's, right. you have to put your ego to the side and you have to put, again, this work, you know, we forget sometimes it is self-serving and, and it is self-sacrificing at the same time. And I have to remember, you know, to really move my gifts forward and really be of service to the world. Sometimes it has to not be about me, so mm-hmm. to speak, and, and put my own needs to the side and really show up for where I can lend a hand. Where Because then you can also be in that mindset of abundance. Like I have so much to share, you know, and then if that's your intention, possibilities are endless. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just think it's going to be, since we're so fresh in this year, I'm really interested to see, I don't like to say the trends, but like where all of this is moving towards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I feel like everyone that I know is like really shifting their business um, models. And I think the other thing too, is because this, this world is still relatively new in terms of like online platform, like all of that, we've had to do a lot of trial and error to see what works and what doesn't. And then Mm -hmm. as we continue to do this work, we become more increasingly sensitive. So it's also really important for us as we continue to elevate and up-level our own business and our own lives because we're constantly doing the work and sharing and things, the importance of keeping that boundary to make sure that we're honoring ourselves and we're not just like caught of like, I need to save this person or like that whole mindset because Uh, we're actually doing a disservice Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're doing a disservice and we're not giving that individual permission mm-hmm. to do what they need to do on their path and to fall or or to, we're, we're preventing them from learning their own lessons essentially by trying right. to them. Yeah. And I think like what I've just noticed is that a lot of people who are in this field, they are recovering people pleasers. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Welcome to the party. Hi. My name's Danielle. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. And I think, you know, and and like, I know for me, what I've had to work through is like, my heart is just so blasted open and you just, I just want to help everyone. But it became a point where it was so fucking draining for me. And it's like, that's the other thing that we really have to shift to is that healers in other, um, in other generations, you know, they were always taken care of by the community like all of their needs were met, but we're living in, in the Aquarian age now in the golden era where it's like you said, like, yo, I got, I have expenses to pay. Like, yeah. Yeah. how else do yeah. I, how else do I navigate through this now? So I Absolutely. think that's been part of like collectively as healers, we've been really kind of clearing out that programming too. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. 
if we're a healer in this life, damn sure we were healers in other oh, lifetimes too. Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent. We were healers. We were teachers. We were, you know, the one shamans, right? Like we all were facilitating in some way. And so, um, what an honor to be able right. to have that recognition, recognition, I'm making the word recognition, recognition, whatever, you know what I mean? That awareness, right? <laughs> that, that, uh, I fumble over my words all the time. I take ownership of it. Uh, but, but to have that awareness that yes, like I'm back and I'm back right. doing this work again. How cool. And I do also think though, like if there is a teacher out there that's listening or a healer, like there's no shame. Cause I think that's also part of your journey of like reclaiming your power back as well. Like that's part of the process that you need to go through to understand that like, okay, I learned that lesson, but through that lesson, that's what you have to teach other people. Like yes, to like inspire them or like activate them or empower them to be like enough of your own bullshit, you know, right. like what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking, you know, how can I teach? How can I serve? Look to your lessons and you will find the opportunity right, right. there. You know? And and you know the clients that you have is like the old you. It's like the past you. So it's like you're teaching what you've learned. And so I know it's always really interesting to me when I see people that like want to do it, but they don't feel worthy enough to invest in themselves too. Yeah, that's a hard one. Mm -hmm. And I think. And when, go ahead. No, I say, you know, they don't want to invest in themselves. It's not even that they don't want to. I think people want to invest in themselves, but they, first of all, don't know how, and they still just don't feel like they deserve to, or they feel like Where there are so many other things that are a bigger quote unquote priority than their investment in self. Um, right. And so it just, their stuff just it's, keeps getting put at the bottom of the list. And because it's the bottom of the list, it never becomes a priority to invest. And then they don't. And, and it's usually the individuals that are not investing in their health. They're not investing, right? Health is your wealth. And there's so many other places where um, they're not investing, but then what's happening subconsciously is then you're wasting your money in other ways. At least I used to do that, right? Absolutely. I I wasn't investing in my self-care, my self-help back in the day. And because I had all these stories around like, I'm not enough, everybody else first. I don't want to, you know, waste my the money. The martyr done too, that healing. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And then in turn, what was I doing? I was blowing every paycheck on mindless stuff, right? Things that don't even matter, material, um, whatever you have it, right? Because I didn't believe in my ability to invest and the excuses we're using of I can't afford it aren't really true when we actually right. take a hard look at it all. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's just going to be really interesting because I know like, people don't really understand that us as teachers, like the amount of money we've invested in ourselves and the programs and the certifications we've done. Like, I know for you, you've done meditation, Kundalini yoga, like you've done all these different certifications, spirit junkies, you had to do all these things. Yeah. And we do that first so that we can fill up our cup so that we can allow ourselves to really share from that space. And then while all these courses meant so many of us have taken the same courses, what's different is the experience each of us had. Yes. Yes. You know, and so it's a lot about when you took that course, like what resonated for you may have been different from what resonated with me. And yeah. that's what you teach and that's what you share. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what you take off with where you're going to take off with something maybe a little bit different. We can always come together and, and kind of find that nucleus that brought us together in the first place. But otherwise we're going to bring our own uh, spin to it. And that's something that 
you know, individuals that are listening that are new to this and want to be putting themselves out there more, but feel like other people are already doing it, or there's too many people out there. There's not, there's nobody out there that is doing it the exact same way that you could possibly do it. Right. Yeah. And I know for me, part of like my work as a healer and as a teacher is just to help people embrace all facets of their human experience. And like, their pain, their traumas, their challenges that they've been able to overcome, like that's the medicine that's really needed in the world. And each of us have had our own journeys and our own experiences. So I think what's, I feel like the the big thing this year and like going into the year of the pig is like, we're really, I feel like we're going to really like transmute the lack mentality this year. Mm -hmm. I, I really feel that. I really do. Um, and I think even just we're, we're changing the lack mentality. And I'm also even seeing with a lot of my peers, again, like what you were saying, we're changing our businesses, we're changing our structures, we're even changing our pricing models too, to make it so that we're still making what we need, but doing it where we are meeting more people where they're at, as opposed to putting people in such crazy Death. extremes where mm-hmm. like, you know, they're spending, like there's there's a difference between you know, being in lack and not trusting like what you're investing in. And then there's being really irresponsible, right? And so we got to find that ground of how do you find that space where you're investing and it's scary, but it feels good and you know you can make it work versus kind of that space of like desperation and actually like harming yourself more. Uh Or it's like everyone else is doing this, so I need to do that. Because I know I've taken classes where I, you know, in courses where it's like, well, fuck, like, if I don't do this, what's going to happen? And like, I didn't listen to my intuition. And then I would take the course and I was like, I really wish I just didn't spend $500 on this. Right. Right. But it was a good lesson. There's no shame of that. Like it was a lesson. Of course. Yeah. I don't regret anything I've ever invested in. You know, clearly I love the investments I made that were amazing, but I've made bad investments as well that I didn't trust my gut. And that was a huge learning curve right there. And that's wonderful. Yeah. It's just, I think it's going to be, I, and I mean the online, the online world and marketplace isn't isn't going anywhere. Like it's only no. going to continue to go up. And I think we're seeing more people kind of reclaiming their power of realizing that they don't need to be tied down to the nine to five anymore. That they can really like if they wanted to bring their laptop and travel where they want. Yes. And still be able to do the work because I also think it's really important if you're running that business that you also implement more time for play. Yes. You have to. You have to. And I think, I know for me, when I first started, like the pendulum swung so far where I burnt myself out countless times because I was like, I don't have time to play. And then it was just like, I was resentful and like drained and down on myself, treating myself like shit. And so I also think the idea of people working smarter instead of harder is also going to really come to the forefront this year. I think so too. Again, as we let go of this nine to five mentality, then we're able to understand how to work more efficiently in a way that is joyful and fun, right? Because I think for many individuals, you know, the old concept of being an entrepreneur is that you have to work hard. You have to invest all of your time, all of your energy into this. You got to like grind, right? Like all that shit. No. And now it's like, no, no, no. It's not about the hustle, but it's about doing what you love, remembering your why. Why did I even want to do this? Well, likely it was because of reasons that brought you joy and happiness. And so kind of letting yourself lead with that fun and that play and noticing, okay, this isn't being fun anymore. This is starting to get to be to a point where I'm starting to get bitter, like you were saying. And I'm going to lean back and I'm going to create some space and giving ourselves permission to do that is going to be huge. Because the biggest thing is alignment. Like, 
mm-hmm. I think people don't re- like people need to remember that it doesn't matter about your fucking funnels. It doesn't run. None of that shit matters. It's your energy and your why, like, why are you doing this? Like, what is your overall intention and vision that you see for the people who are about to invest in this experience and go on this journey with you? But I think that's also been part of uh, the realization we've had to really go. And I know for me, when I've had the path of like, you know, in that desperation or that lack mentality, it was more draining than when it was actually aligned, inspired action. And that's everything. It's true. I make my most money when I'm having the most fun. And honestly, I make more money comes in when I'm offline versus when I'm online. If I'm sitting and let's say I put an offering out and I'm just staring at my inbox and I keep hitting refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah, maybe a sale will come through, but it, it doesn't feel very abundant. And it shows that I'm controlling. It's showing that I'm not trusting the system. It's showing like, show me proof that this is working as opposed to, okay, I'm going to put this offer out into the world and then I'm going to take the day off or I'm going to go on a day trip somewhere. or I'm going to go do something fun. And I find that when I return home and then I check my inbox, oh my gosh, there's so many sales waiting there for me or there's a really fun surprise gig that I didn't expect, right? Like I'm telling you all of my stuff happens when I'm offline. Right. And I think also the inspiration comes when you're not sitting in front of the computer. It's yeah. when you're like living life, when you're mm-hmm. con- like in nature and then you get the download and you're like, oh yes. my God, this is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's getting you away too from the comparison game and spending your time trolling other people. And, and that's just going to wear you down. You know, I, I, again, we're in a digital age and technology is serving us, but it's, it can only serve you to a point. And then you have to realize, okay, it's not serving me anymore. I have to be more conscious of my time I'm spending online. I have to be really clear and intentional about how I'm showing up and then how much time I really do want to dedicate to seeing how others are showing up and then get out of there because, mm-hmm. you know, we're spending too much time just mindlessly trolling on yeah, that. I would love to talk about that too, because I know for me, what I've felt a massive shift in my business and my productivity is like really taking the time to schedule things, yeah. you know, cause it's like, you're creating that, um, that boundary and that intention and the consent to the universe. Like, Hey, during this time, this is what's happening. Yes. You know? And I think that's the other thing too, is like, we can see the big list of shit to do and then we sure. can get really overwhelmed, but like making it like really tangible and breaking it down. Cause if you have that big list and you can break down three a day, you know, that's 90 things that you can do, you mm-hmm. know, technically if you were doing something every day, like in sure. a month. Yeah. That's a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's part of, I, I, for me, what I feel is part of that work smarter too. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to, yeah, I like to time block, um, for when I'm working on back end, especially back end stuff, right? right. Like the administrative things that I, I may not be outsourcing. I mean, outsource if you can, but if you can't, you know, time block. And then, um, I only do certain days for clients, right. And, um, certain days for when I'm doing my podcast and then the rest is more for just my play and things of that nature. I love to use, you know, do you know how the days of the week correspond with the planets? I have, that's what I talked about in Thrive. Like oh, I perfect. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, I'll, I'll run them down real quick. Do you want me yeah. to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the days of the week are governed by the, the planets or, and the luminaries. So Sunday, of course, is sun, right? And so it's a day of energy, fun, vitality, um, you know, do what you want with that day. And then we move into Monday. Mondays are like my self-care day because Monday is the moon, which is so sad in our culture that that's the day that nine to five wants to start. You know, like it doesn't make sense. It's so sad. Oh, there's so many things that don't make sense, but (laughs) that's one of them. I'm like, oh, can we just start 
on Tuesday. It's old paradigm. It's old paradigm. It's all, there's so much old paradigm, but uh, essentially, yeah. So Monday is moon day. So even if you do, and let's say you're listening to this and you have the nine to five and you're like, well, I can't help it. Well, you, you can from the space of create some space on Mondays. Then if you know that you have to go into the office, maybe try not to schedule meetings Monday evening, set that aside for yourself, right? Try not to overbook your, we have a tendency to do that. We push everything to Monday. We're like, oh, I'll get to it on Monday. And then it's like, oh no, now we're, we're saturating Monday with all of this stuff. That and that really, sets precedent for the rest of the week. It does. It does. Yeah. So really be mindful of your, your moon days, Monday, moon day. And then um, Tuesday. So that's why I like Tuesday is a great day because it's governed by Mars. Mars is our plan of action, ambition. How do we want to move things forward? Kind of you know, out the gate, like let's do the thing, right? So that's great, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, that's like my back end day and working with clients day. Um, it's um, Mercury. Mercury. Yeah, communication, Mercury, technology, um, logistics, things of that nature. Then Thursday, Jupiter, expansion. It's a great day to launch something, pay your bills. Jupiter expansion. I also like to do self-care on Thursdays because mm, that, allows so me to, that allows me to expand my energy and allows me to cr- expand my container mm. to on how I can serve. So usually my that. Thursdays is when I go to like acupuncture or the chiropractor. Like I only, I do it every wow. other, but like that's my yeah. day of like really for me to also expand in that, in yeah. that way. I love that. That's really great. And then, uh, then what we got Friday is Venus, right? Creativity, romance, fertility. What are you birthing onto the world? It's mm. Friday. I'm in love, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why we all love Friday so much. Uh, and then Saturday is Saturn. Do your chores. Mm-hmm. You know, get shit done. Um, it's kind of a day of, of yeah, clean up shop so you can enjoy your Sunday. And, and then, I also see Saturday as the day of the lessons, you know, mm-hmm. I know yeah. for me, like um, when I used to go to festivals, I would see like Fridays, like three day festivals. I would see yeah. Fridays as the past Saturday as the present and Sunday as the future. Mm-hmm. So when I would do, when I would do work, you know, cause I was always communicating with God through the music and whatever Ditto. Friday was like, or how can I love myself more and forgive myself more for that mm-hmm. past and, Saturday was like, okay, so what am I going to do in the now? You know, like, how can I start to organize my life in the now? And then Sunday was like, for my future self, like, Mm -hmm. who do I want to become? I love that. Yeah. So I've been working with that kind of energy for years. And that's like when I used to, when teaching at festivals or being at festivals, that's the way I've always seen that because we can work with these planets and we can work with the energy. And I'm sure you probably feel the same way, but I really do feel that astrology is the language of the future. A hundred percent. It's changing. It's right. evolving. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so and, and that's kind of a disclaimer I have with astrology as well right now, because we have to remember a lot of the astrology that we're looking at, um, especially for individuals that maybe are taking on astrology but aren't as accelerated in it yet, they're still doing it off of the Piscean model. And so we have to start looking at astrology from the lens of the golden age of, astro- of, of Aquarius and, and seeing how the archetypes are transforming and evolving um, so that we could really use it for these times. Because it's taking off more than ever, but again, there's this weird energy with it because there's still a lot of the Piscean energy. And so it's not quite um, in a place where people are fully understanding the potential and the power that it holds. From right. And it's interesting because it's been seven years since 2012 this year too. And since the seven cycles, like I do feel like the past six years have been so immersed of like healing and learning and understanding like, okay, so now we're in a new age. Like, how do we 
really right. navigate through this, you know? And so that's why I think like we talked about earlier, like business people are like having deeper boundaries because we're becoming more empathic and we're becoming more sensitive. And um, I would love to hear what you see as like some of the things that are shifting from the old um, era of astrology into the now. Because I know um, Stephanie Azar of the Cosmic Path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was part of my Kundalini teacher training. So she was teaching us mm-hmm. all the different, like the evolution and how all the signs are even shifting. Exactly. And that's where I started to learn some of this from too. I taught with her at soul camp and it was so funny because I, I was sitting next to her at breakfast or something. And she was like, Oh, like what I wasn't teaching that morning. And she was like, Oh, what workshops are you going to? And I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to go to this, like how to attract your dream man workshop or whatever. And she's like, well, I'm doing one on astrology. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I was like, you know, I, I'm an, I'm an astrologer. Like that's amazing. And she was like, aren't you going to come? And I was like, no, I think I'm going to go to the man thing. And she was like, she looked at me She's like, if you're an astrologer, you better believe that you need to be in this workshop. And I had no yeah. idea of like who she was at the time or anything. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll give up the man and I'll, <laughs> I'll go to this workshop. And oh my gosh, I was so blown away. And she was really the one that started to open my eyes. And I started to receive my own downloads coinciding about what the new age holds for astrology. And so um, with the work that she does with the signs really helped open me up to my mm-hmm. own um, understand like as a gemini i love to know that i'm the diamond now i'm like yeah doesn't that make it feel so much better yeah that's one of my favorite ones that she transformed and then also what the other one i love is um virgo so taking the archetype of the virgin and explaining it more as the mother mary right right which is so important um to look at it from that perspective again instead of like this virgin quality which you know i guess only works if you're the bachelor right now apparently yeah (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Virgo moon. So I'm like, okay. yeah. I mean, her whole, her whole way of seeing it. And I think that's what's happening. Cause like, even as a Kundalini Yogi, I'm seeing how, you know, Yogi Bhajan brought all these teachings to support the Aquarian age before we were actually in it. So now that we're in it, how do we really work through it? Yeah. And so same for Kundalini too. And I guess um, back to the point of how I'm, I'm working with astrology, definitely, you know, a lot of Stephanie's teachings are really transformative when it comes to that. And then also my thing too has been um, looking at astrology more as a psychology, right? Taking away some of the perception around, oh, it's just this like silly system or it's just a horoscope in a newspaper, right? Like let's remove um, some of the kind of the old viewpoints, the stale viewpoints of what astrology is and start to look at it more from the perspective of this is like a personality assessment. Like when, when someone gets a reading with me, I'm going to chart and and I'm going to look at things, but really what I'm giving them, especially if they're brand new, they've never even looked at their chart, you're getting an amazing personality assessment. I'm going to uncover the way that you show up in your masculine, in your feminine, how your mind works, how you lead with your heart, how you are a leader, how you make money, right? And I'm going to break down all those things because really when you break down a chart, you're breaking down all the avatars that kind of make up the human experience and all the themes that run within our human journey. And so really for me, it's about humanizing the chart and looking at it from a psychological perspective so that you actually see, oh, this is something that I need to learn how to embody. And once I have the awareness of my chart that, and I start to accept it, then I can start to look at, okay, what does this moon mean for me? What is, you know, what are all these kind of, um, and start to navigate through that, like with the moon, like if you start taking, okay, like for me, when I know like the moon's in Scorpio, I fucking go within, like, I don't go out. Like that's my like 
introversion mm-hmm. time because yes. like I'm really like don't fuck with me. <laughs> like, yeah, because we're we, you know the thing that we need to recognize too, and I've been really doing a lot of preach. I hate these when we're preach, but I've been vocalizing a lot about we got to separate from our sun sign and just thinking we're only one sign. We are all right. twelve signs, right? right? And 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 we are embodying all twelve signs. And so when you can recognize that, you understand first of all the importance to learn all twelve. People just think like, oh you know, I was born in July. I just need to learn cancer. Mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah. not, that's so limiting. You're only going to learn like a, a tenth of what you're um, capable of. So not only for your own self, but again, how to work with the world, how to work with the seasons, how to work with the moon cycles. You've mm-hmm. got to have a better understanding of how the signs operate and understanding and how they support you. Cause they can mean different mm-hmm. to you than they can to me, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You're going to respond. You know, we're talking right now on a new moon. This new moon is going to be different for you than it is for me because Definitely. of our makeup. So having that understanding is so important. So I, these are a lot of the trends that I'm seeing or feeling are going to be more important um, as opposed to, you know, what's your sun sign. And for those of you that kind of identify as one sign when I, it's, it's your sun sign. So essentially what I mean by that is um, in the course of one year, the, the sun goes through the 12 signs. And so that's the kind of, you know, every uh, 30 days, we kind of have a new daisy. Yeah, yeah. Give or take. So like, again, if you were born today, we're talking on February 5th, you would say I'm an Aquarius but not really. Your sun is in Aquarius, right? And then next month, the sun will move into Pisces and anyone born will be a Pisces sun. But the problem was, again, issues with the patriarchy and whatnot, the sun sign governs our masculine. And that's the one that took off in astrology. Mm-hmm. So when we're saying I'm an Aquarian, what we're saying is my masculine identity is Aquarian. And mm-hmm. we've got to start to walk away from that. Again, your masculine is important, but what about your feminine? What about and then your moon sign deals a lot with your emotions and uh-huh. your personality is your rising sign, your ascendant yeah. sign. Yeah. So I really see the rise of the moon sign and people actually saying when someone says to you, what's your sign saying, oh, I'm a Gemini sun and a Virgo moon, not saying I'm a Gemini. Right. Right. Like, and I've done that. Yeah. And yeah. Can you tell I'm also a Leo rising? <laughs> I love that makeup. It's, I get a little, so I'm a, I don't know if you know, I'm a Leo sun, Leo moon, Leo rising. Right, right, right. Um, so that's why for me, sometimes it was always easy to be like, I'm a Leo because that you're makes it a big stretch of it. But I love that you're Leo rising. You have the look of a Leo rising. Thanks. Yeah. My cousin yeah, got that lioness. Bless. That's my car. Right. So yeah, my cousin has five, her sun, moon, her rising, her mercury and some other thing are all Leo. So she's like next level. Oh, yeah. How old is she? Level. She's 28. Wow. So she's going to be 29 this year. And okay. she's like, it's my birthday. I love her so much. She's yeah. like the best. She's like my sister, yeah. but it's just like, oh fuck. Like she's next level. And my mom and my sister are both Leo. Son. Actually, my sister's a Virgo son. She hates when I say it because she was born five minutes earlier. She would have been a Virgo, a Leo. Well, her so soul wanted to be Virgo. She- her whole life, she thought she was a Leo. So for Christmas two years ago, I gave her like a Virgo thing. She's like, this is not, this is not it. <laughs> so funny. Because we can That's also, so we can so identify, like have that as like our identity, which is also like, mm. yeah, you know, because to me, it's also it's a, a way of like giving away a power in your way. But if you're understanding how with that being your, um, like your blueprint, But again, like we said, like, you know, it can be different with like when the moon is shifting, like things can be different. Like you're not, it's not going to be the same for everyone. So, and even like 
as women too, like not only that, but then we have like our moon centers too, which shift every two and a half days. So if you start to think about your moon center and then what moon it's in and mm. things like that, it's, it's just like, there's a lot of different factors that I, it's really cool to see people are more interested in learning about. Yes. Because especially as, as for business, it's like, okay, so I know when, like, for instance, when the moon's in Scorpio, like that would not be a day I would set business meetings. No things like that. So I think like being able to see the whole chart of like the moon phases, how they're shifting, um, plus the signs, like that's a really great way for you to really, um, choose and, and schedule your life so that it's more supportive. And I think that's also a huge factor of the working smarter instead of harder. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a big piece of it. So yeah, these are all shifts that we're seeing starting to be integrated more and more so. Yeah, it's like I said, I'm really excited about this year, not only with it being the year of the pig, but I just feel like a lot of us have just gotten over our own shit. Like, you know, 100%. Yeah. We're just like, what the fuck have we been doing? But it's been such great learning lessons. But now it's like, I think there's, we all are internally really feeling and seeing the world. Like, there's, this is the call for us to really rise up. Like, there's no more playing small. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So yeah, it's going to, like I said, it's going to be a really interesting year and to just see like, how can we as teachers also inspire like our clients or our students to rise up with us? Right, right. And in a way that feels like an evolution, that feels like an extension of who they are and feels manageable, but also like is making some progress, you know, Definitely. like, like kind of finding that balance is really Definitely. Well, it's interesting too, because since we live on a polarity planet and now we're in the Aquarian age, the polar of that is Leo. So we have to really see this Which as that time Leo's. for that confidence yeah. to rise, you know, yeah. like that's the only way for us to really like show up and like be the rebels that are here to really change humanity is to like really gain that confidence. And with me, like, in Kundalini Yoga, I just love the lower triangle and understanding that the lower triangle represents our physical reality. So the traumas of like from zero to 22, that's going to really set precedent for how we show up and how we share. So I would love to hear what you feel about the talks of how we're becoming a more heart-centered consciousness and how a lot of people are talking about like how the chakra system is evolving all into the heart. Yeah. Yeah. So my feeling with all of this and, you know, there's a lot of different kind of theories and discussions and ways that people are kind of moving about it. But I think what we're realizing more and more so than anything else when it comes to this heart-based living, so to speak, is is recognizing, again, we're releasing from some of the patriarchy and we're releasing from some of the masculine. And as we start to open up into this notion of what is the feminine, what is my emotions, we start to unlock things. We start to actually see like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not up in my head. When I start to explore what would it be like to tap into my feminine, I'm actually exploring a different part of my body. I'm, I'm exploring a different part of where I'm feeling. And so I think as we're giving ourselves more permission to open up into the harmonizing of who we are, we're recognizing the place for our mind, but we're not feeling with our minds anymore. And I think that was a trend for a really long time. Like I think a lot of people thought they were feeling, but they were actually just thinking their feelings. Whereas All now- logic, Which is more masculine yeah. too. So masculine, that's what I mean. So I think, you know, as we're starting to drop into our heart center, we're actually understanding and learning more than ever how to actually feel our feelings, not think our feelings. And I Which think is that's part of the feeling of that masculine too. Exactly. The masculine men have always been like, 
fan yeah. up or, you know, big boys don't cry. And I, that's Get why over it. this toxic masculinity that's happening. And then the women are kind of really taking the lead, but I don't know about you, but it's like so incredible to see the rise of conscious men groups. And I think, I think as women too, like, especially because we've been doing the work and we have these emotions and we're feeling it. I think that's why a lot of women are really like also standing their ground of when it comes to finding their partner right Absolutely. now is because mm -hmm. like, we want the men yeah. to like fucking rise up. Like we're yes. not going to be playing small. We're not going to dim our own light. No, you can. And, and the problem is, is you'll take so many steps back if you kind of try to resort to a man that's not consciously open um, or at least curious, right? right. Like, like find him, you know, if he's not in the place where he's open, that's okay. But just at least consciously curious, like, you know, and, and kind and of actively, wanting. Active. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's the thing. So kind of finding that because that's how you're going to rise. That's how you're going to elevate. But if you don't, and you, you're going to not only retreat back, you're going to be catering your energy to that other partner and it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the level of impact that you can be making. So right. I think there's real big shifts in that. And I think also too, we're starting to teach our society that it's okay. It's okay to be independent. It's okay to work on yourself first before mm -hmm. you bring someone in. That's been, that's been my guiding force. You know, it's like, I want to, I want to attract someone, a man who is able to be his whole self as I am able to be my Absolutely. whole self. So it's mm -hmm. like, I see my partner as making the best of me even better. Yes, absolutely. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so interesting for me because I'm 35 and, you know, I would think like, looking back, I never would have thought, oh my gosh, she's 35 and, and still single. And now I'm like, oh my goodness, what a blessing. What a blessing that I've had all of this time to integrate and heal and be in a place where I never could have been had I met someone earlier or yeah, it just, it would have been misaligned. So I'm very grateful um, that I've had so much time. And I think that's also part of what we're hearing as our responsibilities so that we can heal the lineage and like so that the patterns don't also go into the next generation. Because yeah. if we're really here to cultivate that conscious generation from our starting with ourselves and yeah. becoming the good ancestors that we can be, mm -hmm. then that means it's less work that the kids, our children have to go through, which is why I also feel like a lot of people are having a hard time um, getting pregnant is because these new kids coming in are post-2012. Like these new kids are coming in are like really fucking in tune they're open. They're, yeah. they're, they're evoking a lot. And so for the parent to be able to be conscious enough to hold space for that is, is really important. Yes. And so and, it's, it's been, it's been really fascinating. And I think next year with also being 2020, like, I feel like this is going to be the year where people really get out of their own way. Yeah. And it's really important vision next year. Yeah. In 2020, there's going to be a lot of major shifts. And so if we're not taking ownership now, if we're not really standing up and saying, this is who I am and this is how I'm moving forward, there's going to be a lot of wonky energy in 2020. And we really need to go into that year with a lot of integrity. So we really have to do this year justice leading into it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then there's also part of it. That's part of the confidence. That's part of the vulnerability. Yes. And to see more people be more vulnerable, it's like you're giving yourself permission to be you. You're giving yourself permission to share like, cause that's how we are relating more with people. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, they see me. Yes. You know? So I think it's really interesting to see how that's all, all coming through. Cause that's to me is part of the rise of that confidence. Mm -hmm. It's by being, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, being like, wow, if Danielle's talking about this, I know I'm not alone. 
Right. Absolutely. And, you know, cosmically this year is going to be lighter and there's a reason for that, right? There's not as many retrogrades or heavy transits. And that's because we're really being given this beautiful permission to be like, go like here, like we've got you just do the thing. Yeah. And I think that's why last year was so tough. Like I just felt like the year of retrograde because we had a clean house to make room for all of this that we've been really working on. And it's like, that diligence and the devotion of like, what is that vision and just trusting the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Going back to like Absolutely. how we said, just trusting that divine timing. Yeah. So how do you see yourself helping with that lightness? Cause I know you also have been doing comedy and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear what brought you on the path to, does this make me look spiritual? Right. So my show does this make me look spiritual. It, it came to be organically. It wasn't my intention. I mean, I've always been kind of the funny one, so to speak. Uh, but I never was like, oh, I'm going to be a comedian because that just didn't really sit right. But uh, I would find that when I would give talks and they were meant to be like motivational, things of that nature, people would come to me after and they'd be like, oh, that was so inspiring and hilarious. And I was like, huh, there's something to this, right? Because any great speaker that you've seen or any um, really amazing workshop that you've been to, especially after like a long day of a lot of workshops, the one that can make you laugh is probably the most healing in that moment. And the universe wants us to have a sense of humor. The universe wants us to use laughter as a catalyst to shift out of our healing and allow ourselves to kind of not take things in such a heavy way. And um, so I was kind of recognizing that more and more. And I also was kind of starting to see some things that I wasn't pleased with in the spiritual community. I was starting to notice like people kind of almost over materializing spiritual um, <laughs> practices, right? Yeah. So we started. Yeah. yeah. The spiritual badasses, if you will. Yeah. Um, right. And, and, and just, it was just getting so out of hand and I was just kind of like, so taken aback by it, but I'm not an angry person per se. So I was like, okay, this is where the comedy comes in. I can start to like kind of make light of some of these things that we do. And some of them are really funny and they're like what I do. And then also I was kind of poking fun at the people that kind of take it to a commercial space yeah. and not really in the integrity of the spiritual practice. So I'm like, I'm yeah. also going to poke at them too. So it was kind of like a hybrid of like, you know, heartfelt things that, that I do that are just like silly. Because it brings in more of that play. You it know? does. I take the spiritual path so seriously. because I got a mission. I'm on a mission right now. Right. I'm on lockdown from the universe, yeah. you know, and I got to do blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa, 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 like lighten up a little bit, will you? So, um, and I think for me, it always kind of, I love using stories of like when I'm dating, because I tend not to date men that are um, in the spiritual community. So like when I'm, t- you know, and they're always very open to it, but like when I'm teaching them about certain things or like even when like we're in like a sexual experience, like there's always something like kind of humorous that comes up when you actually take a step back and look at what's going on. Um, so I'd love to bring that into, it's just been a lot of fun for me to just like tell these stories, um, share observations that I'm seeing in the community that I think are a little bit like, what are we doing here? But Hilarious. Like, yeah. yeah. Like poking it in a, in a humorous way instead of being like, you know, you people yeah, pointing at the finger. And I think that's what people I don't want to do that. Yeah. And it was funny cause I was in Tucson for the gym fair this past weekend and I was sitting at dinner with one of my girlfriends and this, this person next to us at the table, she goes, don't worry, I'm more evolved than you. <laughs> That's what she said oh to her table. Oh my God. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm more evolved than you. Oh my gosh. I'm uh, operating at a different frequency. My yeah. vibes just can't meet you yeah. where you're oh, at. Okay. Speaking of that, what oh do you God. feel? I have to ask you, what do you feel about the good vibes only movement? 
What do you feel about the? Good Wait, vibes? I don't know about the good vibes only. You know, like everyone's Tell like, everyone's it. like, everyone's like, oh, good vibes only. Like you can't hang out. Like good vibes only. Please. I mean, again, that's a click. Like you know what I mean. Like we're yeah. creating a boundary around something that should be such an open, accepting, non-judgmental practice. So we're kind of yeah. bringing in this: I'm better than you. I'm more woke than you. Right. right. It's like you can only come in if you're good vibes only. No, no, please. Like, no. Who are you? Who yeah. are you? Well, I that think also me. shames. It shames people it who may does. be having like a shitty day. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm all for boundaries, right? Like we need to right. have boundaries. Like we need to recognize, okay, this person right now is kind of operating in a space that's a little bit different from me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to entertain them, but at the same time, like I don't need to shame them either. Like what you said. Um, no, I, I think it's really ridiculous and I think it's really clickish. and um, no, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I just think people are just like calling out bullshit so much more today. Yeah. I well, think- I think people think they can use spirituality or the universe, so to speak, as their permission to do it. And it's like, no, no, no. Like God is not giving you permission to judge others. Right. That's kind of what it's coming down to. And the shit, but I like you, with you just saying that, I think that's also part of the healing that has to be like, I grew up Catholic and there was so much shame. Sure. That was like, Jesus will, Jesus will shun you kind of thing. So there's a lot of like, I think it's just kind of like mirroring that of like the parts that need to be healed around spirituality and the practice and uh, the belief system or the methodologies that are kind of like coming up to the surface to really be talked about and addressed. Right. And they need to be right now because again, that's a very Piscean thing to do. Mm -hmm. So in this current age, you are the guru, you are the teacher, you are your own religion, so to speak. Right. Um, Your own uh, organize organization, then it's like, all right, well, we got to break down these barriers, which astrology is also showing is kind of breaking down. Like the idea of organized religion, like astrology showing that I think what's also going to be really interesting this year is Uranus moving into Taurus. Yes. I'm excited about that. So that's yeah. happening in the spring. Um, and it'll be with us till 2026, which is really nice because we need that more, uh, you know, Taurus is very mama earth and we need more of that kind of Gaia energy with Uranus, uh, because that is a planet of our nervous system and it evokes a lot of anxiety. And I think with Aries, Aries is very masculine, very fiery, very let's do this. And I think it was shaking our nervous systems in a lot of ways. I think a lot of us, um, definitely kind of had to learn how to calm our systems the past really what, seven years, I think it's been, Mm -hmm. um, so now with, with Taurus, I think we're going to feel a little bit more grounded, a little bit more at ease, um, a little bit more uh, in a space where we want to take care of our environment, whether it be physical, whether it be our human vessel. Um, there's going to be more, um, I think, changes in that way too. Amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be really interesting to see how the financial system also shifts. Yeah. 2020 is going to be where that really starts to yeah. shape more so. I, I'm like really looking forward to it. Like I volunteered for Marianne Williamson's presidential mm-hmm. announcement for 2020 yes. and like bringing more conversation about like how we can heal versus like continuing to just repeat the loops and the patterns. It's old. It's tired. It's stale. Yeah. It's, yeah, just, it's, it's just all the invitation for us to really step up and for the invitation for us to really reclaim our power and to like evoke within us like what we know so I just really want to lead that into the meditation method teacher training that you're doing too like how meditation can really help us with that inner knowing 
Absolutely. So yeah, meditation, you know, I've been practicing it for 10 years now. And when I first started very novice, I was just kind of on the cusp of learning how to even like entertain the idea of liking myself. I was just kind of at the the beginning of, of my self-help path and my own personal growth. And when I actually took the time to go to a space and learn how to meditate, that was my very first moment of really recognizing and feeling, at least in my adult life, because I had, of course, in my childhood, but in my adult life, feeling like, oh my God, I have a sense of who I am from an internal, physical, spiritual, and mental capacity all at one time. Mm-hmm. And it really gave me so much permission and so much confidence to explore who I was. And through exploring who I was, I was able to start to rise up as a leader myself. So meditation has always been such a beautiful conduit for the self and in the current age. I mean, we call it the Aquarian age, the golden age. I also think it's the you age, right? It's the age of you. And it's the age of coming home to you and you know, discovering your inner you. So meditation is a, an amazing vehicle to do that. And again, meditation is something that's very much trending now more than ever. But I also think meditation needs to be catered a little bit differently than it used to be as well, right? Um, Some of the things that we're doing aren't helping us with more, we have more stimulation, more technology, more distractions than we've ever had in our entire life. So some of the older meditation practices aren't going to be as applicable as um, they were before, right? Before, you know. Uh, years and years ago, like you could sit for 20 minutes and it'd be fine. You probably wouldn't be interrupted. And you know, you didn't even have an answering machine, right? Like, like that's how lack technology we were. So I think, you know, you know, practices like Kundalini yoga is really amazing for adapting for the U age and the the age of technology. And I think there's other practices that I apply as well. And so I've been teaching them for years. I've taught, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of, of classes. And I was recognizing that I haven't really taught it in an actual like structured way before. So I created this meditation method for individuals that are knowledge seekers that want to learn how to really refine their craft of meditation. And then also for individuals that are healers, coaches, yoga teachers, in, you know, social workers, educational teachers, and they want to bring meditation practice to their communities. I wanted to develop a way to really give individuals the knowledge, the confidence, and the know-how to lead and hold space for such a powerful energetic experience that, that, meditation can have and that you can hold as a teacher. I think it's so important. So um, that, you know, I I developed it initially as a virtual course, and then it's moving into um, something that will be live workshops and retreats and really giving people actual certifications that they can take out to the world and go to corporate, go to different environments, go to their yoga studio and say, hey, I'm ready to teach meditation. Show me my people. Are you seeing these as like guided meditations? Are you seeing these as like when you say that, like, what are you seeing as? Yeah, so it's more um, guided meditations, but it's also, also, uh, we need to be doing a little bit more uh, trance, hypnosis, kind of, we need to, we're not doing enough to get ourselves out of the surface level. I think surface level meditation where you're sitting quiet for 20 minutes can be really great, but I, I don't know if we're going deep enough to really get into that space of you, so to speak, especially for people that are new and they're just starting to try it. Um, So I think for me and my method and what I like to do the best is of course incorporating Kundalini yoga, but then going further beyond that point, I start to weave in trance and hypnosis and um, getting people into an even deeper subconscious state so that they can really access their guidance, their truth, their confidence, things of that nature. Um, so that's really where my- Which is like, great because that subconscious yeah. is formed during the root, like the subconscious mm-hmm. is formed between zero and seven. So that's really what's setting precedent on how you experience life. 
Absolutely. So we got to go back and see what's, what's kind of waiting there for us, so to speak. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of, a, it came to me literally like very quickly in a meditation, like you need to start teaching this. You mean it came to you when you weren't sitting at your computer desk scrolling? Yeah. Pushing yeah. When, what a when I was, yeah. When I was scrolling Instagram, you know, it came to me. I know it sounds so, it does sound cheesy though. And I sound like it came to me in a meditation, but it really did. It was like, well, that's that, but that's yeah. how it comes is because yeah. you're out of your head. Yeah, of course. You your heart. That's yeah. when they come. Yep. Yep. Amazing. So and then yeah, so I'll have all the links below so you yes. can sign up for meditation method teacher training and go from there. So I like to round up this conver- these conversations with some lightning round questions. Oh boy. All right. You ready? What's your animal totem? A uh, lion. Of course. I was like, why am I fucking, it's a lioness, duh. It's triple, triple Leo. God. Okay. <laughs> what was the one book that really changed the trajectory of your life? Oh my gosh. <sighs> to be completely honest, uh, Love Science by Linda Goodman. She's an astrologer, uh, old school from the seventies. And the way that she writes about astrology was just like this beautiful homecoming for me. It was like, she like weaves in fantasy and story. And I just fell so in love with her words and the way that she described it. And she had passed when I found her. And I really feel like she came on as one of my guides, like amazing that moment. Yeah. Amazing. yeah. What does sovereignty mean to you? Ooh, it's this notion of grace and integrity kind of weaved into one. It's kind of leaving, leading with this sense with your heart, but doing it in such a way of soft, beautiful, subtle beauty that is grace with also this like bold, respectful integrity and kind of taking those and moving forward. And it's very, um, I get this image of just someone that's so all knowing and confident and isn't worried about the lower level distractions of what others think or what the outcome may be or anything like that. Just present. I love that. Yeah. The embodiment of you. I love that. Amazing. Okay. So what would you say to younger Danielle? Oh, younger Danielle. Um, Don't tweeze your eyebrows so much. Get get the tweezers away from the eyebrows, please. Oh my God. There was a great time of that. Just the super thin eyebrows. Oh my God. That's amazing. So bad. So bad. Still working on them. Um, Okay. So in addition to that, (laughs) I would tell her um, the biggest thing is I would say, don't worry about what anybody else thinks you're supposed to do. Mm. Don't worry about what they think that you're supposed to do. You know what you want to do follow it. Cause I knew, I knew what I wanted to do, but I just fell into this fear. If I don't do what other people tell me, I'm going to be unsafe. So it is safe to follow what you deep down know you're supposed to do. Mm, I love that. Amazing. And where can we find you? Yes. So danielmercurial.com is my website. That's kind of my online hub. And then um, I chill a lot over on Instagram. So you can find me handle Daniel Mercurio. And then I have a podcast as well. It's called Curiously Confident. It's on all the different platforms. You can check me out over there. Amazing. And then one last question. If there's something that's coming up that you feel needs to be shared with someone who's listening, what little nugget of wisdom would you share a little encouragement? Hmm. I'd say the biggest piece, especially right now with where we are, um, it's really now more than ever about, like we said earlier, going back to your why. Who are you? And what 
what was that initial spark that made you feel like there's something more? And I really want you to explore that. I really want you to know that you are allowed to follow that piece of you that feels like there is more out there for me. I can expand into this. I can explore it. And, and then take a step back just see how life unfolds right back to you. I think so often we forget about the the fact that the universe wants to co-create with us. The universe is not just waiting to co-create with the people that have 100K Instagram followers. It wants to co-create with you right now. So just get into that juicy space of this is what I want to explore and then take a step back and see what is waiting for you. Mm, oh, I love that. Well, this was so great. I'm so happy patience us to this day today. And yes. yeah, this conversation now. And I'm so excited to see how this year is, you know, how astrology is going to really implement into this year, how the shifts are going to really happen. I do feel like this is the year where we really begin to really embody the Aquarian age. I really do feel that. I believe it. I love it. And I love talking to you about it and just kind of, I even got a little few brain clicks from you and just kind of having these beautiful conversations are so important. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, sister. And thank you everyone for listening and tuning in and we'll be seeing you soon. Take care. Satnam. I mean, how fun was that conversation? I love Danielle so much, and I'm just so excited that it took us two and a half years to have that conversation. Just patience pays, and it's just a perfect reminder that everything is flowing and unfolding according to divine plan. So just know that wherever you are, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Things are happening right on schedule. And you'll be amazed at what's coming through. So just be patient with yourself, honor the energy, honor what arises, trust that gut intuition and know that you are always being divinely guided and that your medicine is ready to be shared with the world. Thanks again to my sister, Danielle Mercurio, for taking the time to connect and to really share with us the wisdom the truth of astrology as a psychology and understanding and sharing the 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 breath of fresh air knowing that it's all okay it's all unfolding we're in a good spot we're doing well just keep being you keep honing in on that why stay true to yourself go check her out you can check all of the links below to learn more about her to dive into her work and to join her certification program but I'm just so grateful that you're all here thank you for subscribing thank you for tuning in thank you for liking thank you for leaving your review thank you for doing the work to expanding to your highest self because the world is ready for your medicine and all it takes is you believing in yourself and having the courage to radiate your radness and allowing your freak flag to fly thanks again for tuning in and we'll be chatting with you soon take care Satnam